Good evening, folks. We are live here at the Surviving Sticky Situations podcast. I have tonight a very special guest, as usual, Daniel Arnold. How you doing? Happy to be here. Can I close this door? Go for it. All right. We are chilling today. Here to talk about our sticky situations. If you're new to the podcast, uh, we just like to talk about things we've learned in life, transformative experiences. Um, you know, some of us are just lucky enough that we survive certain things. Um, we've all gone through struggles. I feel like that's the central force of life. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Dan Arnold. I'm 22 years old. I live in Indiana, Pennsylvania. I'm originally from Bedford, Pennsylvania, which is an even smaller town than Indiana. Um, I went to a high school of my graduating class with 256, and I was literally exactly in the middle of that class academically. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I do ministry full-time now here in Indiana for Amplified Church. And uh, we're, I'm about to have a baby also in a couple of months now. So that's huge. That's huge. So that's like my main focus right now is, is with my baby girl. So congratulations on that. That's thank you. Uh, thank you. That's huge, man. Um, it is. So how's yeah. that, how's that make you feel like, so I'm super excited. Um, it makes me nervous, but it's not like, um, it's not like an anxiety type nervous, you know what I mean? It's more of a nervous because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like I don't have experience in this situation yet, so I'm not like I'm. They say you're never ready to have a kid, and I feel that for 100 percent because I'm not ready. But mm-hmm. I, once once this this baby is born, you have to become ready, and you have to like learn from the experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And no one's ready until it happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how how old are you? Did you say? I just turned 22 this week. All so right. December 8th was my 22nd birthday. Cool, cool. Um, so what advice or what what do you think you could give to someone else who might be about to become a father? You don't know yet, but... <laughs> um, so I feel like I've been kind of adjusting pretty well. It was, um, especially if you're in like a... In, if you're married or if you have a girlfriend who you're stable with, it's like just be there for her. Because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a tough transition into parenthood because mm-hmm. it's never it's it's easier for the guy always because it's you're not physically going through it mm-hmm. so you can kind of be there for her and just and just not show your like emotional like because you will break down at times and it's it's hard to like hide that and you shouldn't really hide it but you should also just like be strong it's it's like the guy thing to be strong mm-hmm. so that's the only advice I would give is just like be strong. Um, and be there for her and just be willing to be vulnerable in the, in the whole situation too, because it's, it's a vulnerable situation and it's scary, but it's, it's amazing. And it's definitely the best thing I've ever experienced in my life so far. So Hmm. awesome. So, uh, I know you said you've been through some sticky situations. Yeah. A few, uh, a few. Yeah. Um, so tell us what was like your maybe you'll start with like your childhood what, what, anything uh crazy happened then or pretty um, r- normal 
Yeah, I, I've had a, I had a pretty good upbringing. Like my parents were, both of my parents are nurses. My mom and dad are, are nurses. Um, so we we were pretty well money wise, but um, and I was you know I was like I I was always in sports and and stuff in high school. So I was never like super like I wasn't bullied that much or anything in high school. But um, I was I always felt this like need for more. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I like I was always kind of like gifted with sports and and abilities and stuff like that, and it, it just never really like gave me that feeling of fulfillment fulfillment that I like was looking for. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I was just filling this like void with like drugs and and girls and stuff like that. So there was a lot of partying and a lot of like crazy, you know, just stuff like almost get it like I can go into a story if you want to do a story real quick. Um, mm-hmm. My uh, senior year after graduation, you you know, senior week is like a thing where you go to like the beach and you spend a week at the beach with your graduating like group of friends, friends. So we went, we were down in Ocean City, Maryland, and we were just like partying hard, drinking, like being super dumb, like just ridiculous stuff. And uh, we had, we were, we were smoking in the car. And the person who was driving rear-ended the car that was in front of us. And um, a person who I was with just kind of, like, ran with, like, the the bunch of <laughs> substance that we had in the oh. car at the times. So what? he was gone. And then uh, me and the person who was driving and the other guy who was in the car, there was four of us in the car. Um, the one guy who we didn't even really know, he had a butterfly knife on him. Which, mm. if you don't know, is illegal to have everywhere because it's, like, a deadly weapon. You can't have, like, a deadly weapon on you. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, like, obviously, if you can have, like, a concealed carry permit or something like that. But you can't have, like, this this butterfly knife for some reason. So, yeah. we... Illegal in all 50 yeah, states. exactly, yeah. So, um, we rear in the car, we pull over, and immediately, it's Ocean City. If you've ever been to Ocean City, Maryland, there's police patrolling constantly. Oh, it's yeah. It's, like, one strip. They have so, the, the paddy wagons left yeah, and right. Yeah, they're just ready. everywhere. They have so, them full, filled with bodies all, all the time. Yeah, there, I think there was, like, there was, like, a patrol going around. So we pulled over, and then, like, two minutes later, a cop pulls up behind us. And um, so we were getting patted down because we were, I mean, we were, like, high school students. And we were, we were probably, you know, looking like we were doing stuff that we shouldn't have been doing. So... <laughs> They were searching the car and patting us down, and we were in handcuffs, and we were sitting on the side of the road, side of the road, and then they were patting down the one guy who we didn't know in the back seat, mm-hmm. and oh, we kind of knew him, but like he was there, and the butterfly knife fell out of his packet pocket onto the street. Oh my god! And then I'm just sitting there, like handcuffed, like on the side of the road already, and it falls out, and I'm just like, oh god, I'm going to jail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so we get handcuffed and. um he gets actually he gets taken to jail mm. and me and my buddy who was driving got let off and it was just like the, that that testosterone feeling of like wow i could be in jail right now but like i'm not oh yeah and just we had to like we couldn't drive because the car got towed because it was like you know we were in a situation where we couldn't drive home so we had to walk like 2 or 3 miles back to the house and the whole it was like the craziest walk back because we just we felt like we were on top of the world because it was just like that testosterone mm-hmm. testosterone feeling you know what I mean mm-hmm. but so it was just you and two other people who got out or one so it was four of us in the car originally the one oh, guy okay. ran as soon as 
mm-hmm. situation happened. And the other one spent the night in jail, and then me and the driver walked home. Oh man! Yeah, after when we got like something like a two hundred fifty dollar fine for the whole situation, but Ooh. yeah. So, uh, was the car just done like totaled? Completely? It wasn't totaled. Um, it just got towed because it was in like a, a situation where it wasn't allowed to be driven home. Mm-hmm. Um, it it had like it was a Subaru Legacy like two thousand six. So the whole front uh, radiator support got smashed in, mm-hmm. and like the radiator was broken, so it was leaking coolant. And stuff mm. like that. So it had to basically be fixed before we could drive home five hours. So oh, it, was, wow. it was an expensive problem for the driver. It was the trip that, that kept on giving. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's still paying the price for that. For oh, the, the car and stuff, but yeah. was He was like on the substance or, or like... Yeah, we were all oh, smoking oh, yeah, in the we, car, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Just smoke. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yep. did you, was that like on the last day at least? Or That was the last day, okay. yeah. <laughs> So we ended up staying a couple more days, and we actually had to, we had to go back down, and we actually spent another couple more days down for when we were in court, mm-hmm. but it was, it, we ended up turning that into like another mini vacation, the court trip and everything, but <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a, definitely one of the most sticky situations I've ever been in. I never felt like I was going to jail more than that, mm. that moment. So other than that, though, you have like a pretty clean, clean record? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I've definitely done some things that aren't, I'm not proud of, but uh, I've never been, I've never went to jail or anything like that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've definitely had my fair share of like, uh, close, close calls, right? Close calls. Yeah. My whole life is full of close calls mm. and I'm, I'm very blessed to be like in the situation I'm in today with a, like, I'm just so happy right now. It's, it's insane. Mm. So how did you get from like a point where, when was that like transformative? Cause you said like, and you we're all we were all kind of like young and stupid mm-hmm. at one point where we like partied real hard. Yeah, I feel like we're real similar in that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, but when was like your like transformation? Would you say where um, you felt like it was time to really buckle down and like, you know, uh, you just felt like you just found yourself. So um, when I I'm so I came to Indiana originally to go to college, at IUP. It's like a it's a big college town, so um. I came here um, because my whole life I felt like I had to go to college, you know, it's like a kind of thing that like every, especially I feel like guys, like I want to go to college and like get that experience, like party scenes and all that. So I came to IUP mainly because uh, it was like a big party, like it was more of a party school and my sister actually came here and she graduated. So I had like connections up here already, Um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So like I said earlier, my, my, um, both my parents are nurses and like my sisters are nurses. So I was like, Oh, IUP has a great nursing program. Mm-hmm. I'll just go to the nursing program and you know, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. So I came here first semester and it was the worst because the classes were really hard. Like my first Monday class was like a anatomy, um, lab. And there was like a dead person that we had to d- dissect uh, and I was like, I'm not feeling this at all. So it was like a really low point. And I would say like my freshman year, first semester was the most anxiety filled like season of my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not even really sure why. I think, I think the the main reason I think that I was so like down that season was because I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I didn't really know what my life was going to look like after 
this next couple, you know, years or whatever. So I was just like lost, like totally lost. Mm. Like I was walking into class and I'd barely get, I could barely get myself out of bed to go to class, but I was walk, I would walk to class and like see the same people. Like, cause IUP is not that big. It's like 14 or it's like 11,000 students this year. Um, but I would, I'd walk down the street and feel like people were watching me and I don't mm. know why, but like, it was just like that anxiety feeling of like, oh, I feel like something's happening that's really not happening and then um I met a girl who's actually my current wife and the person that I'm having a child with right now um she we actually met at my sister's house who was a big party it was like a party hub Mm -hmm. for IUP at least for me because that was my like one and only connection here so she had parties like you know a couple times a week we met there um and it was just like a casual relationship and everything like that. And um, she had been kind of plugged in at Amplify already. Okay. So she was, you know, trying to get me to come and always trying to get me to go just because she was, she really enjoyed it. And I was like, no, I'm not a, I'm not a really big church goer. Like I hated church because I grew up in this like almost Catholic setting. So it was like boring and there was no reason for me to be there. Um... But yeah, so basically I went there and um, I had an encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was just everything that I had been hoping for, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like every, I, it just gave me this, the feeling that I had been missing, like the, the void that I had been trying to fill with drugs and girls and alcohol and, and just whatever, you know. Um, it was just like filled, hmm. like immediately. And basically from then I just have given my life to Jesus and just done... Everything that I do basically is for the kingdom. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Like, so it was just like a real quick transformation for me, and I I know that's not like that for a lot of people, but that's that's my story, anyways. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so <clears throat> you just happened to uh, like how many times did you guys like hang out before? Um, you know, she brought you to to church and. Um, like, was it like a, like a love at first sight sort of thing or? Uh, no, actually, no, not at all. It's, it's kind of funny. I don't want to get into too much of it cause it's kind of like a little bit personal, but, uh, we like to open up here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no it's, uh, so she had actually, I don't know. I'm just waving the people. I'm, I'm seeing what they're saying. Oh, okay. Uh, we got some cra- crazy people in here. Oh, we have one person. Nice. One oh, people person. are ha- ha- having. Hey, hey. Oh, I see Nick oh, this Harris. is the first live video. I don't even know who's who's all in here, but uh, okay, okay, awesome. Uh, sorry, go ahead and continue. I thought someone had a question on the on the thing. Just getting used to the live video, everyone. Um, we're yeah, used to th- just it's a new thing audio. For you, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. Um, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm a little uncomfortable, but I'm loosening up. Dude, gotta get the loosey goosey going on. Why we got the, the brew haws. Yep. And a little bit of nicotine. <laughs> yeah, so back to your question. Um, she, w- I'd actually originally met Beth through, Beth is my wife, actually. Um, I don't think I've introduced her officially. Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Beth. Um, I met her. The first time I met her was through my roommate who had met her like on um the first weekend of classes like freshman year they have like 
some like campus events or whatever and they met through them through there and they were kind of hanging out or whatever and I just I like casually met her and then we had met again at a, at my sister's house um at the party and um so it was probably it was the whole so we met like first or second week of my freshman year in the in the first semester and then second semester is when I decided that our relationship had been going a certain direction and I should at least give it was it was more of um me just opening up to her less than me opening up the church because it was I had told her that um if you care about this church thing so much then I should at least give it a shot because I care about you and it's something that you care about deeply so I might as well at least try Mm-hmm. And and it was just like me opening myself up to her that had, you know, mm. I opened myself up to so much more than I even realized at that point. Mm. Was that like kind of like a new experience for you? Or oh, absolutely. You... Yeah, I'd never experienced anything like that before in my life. Mm-mm. Never at all. Okay. Um, so how, uh, how else have you um, <clears throat> kind of you say you were kind of happy, like you, she made you happy and stuff and you're happier than ever now about to have a kid like before when you were, before you met her, you know, let's, let's talk more about that. Like how was that? Were you not happy or um, did you feel like you still were? Or? I think at the time I thought that I was happy, but it was more or less just me being kind of lost like, I thought that the things that I was doing, like, drinking and smoking every single day was making me happy, but really it was just kind of, like, distan- dis- distancing myself from, like, mm-hmm. people and the things that I really were passionate about. Mm. Because I'd, like, latched on to drinking because it was fun, and I'd latched on to smoking because it made me feel good mm-hmm. at the time. But then those things are fleeting. Those are, like, fleeting highs, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you drink... And the next day you feel like crap or mm-hmm. you smoke and then like a couple hours later, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. like I need to smoke again or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, it was almost like pushing myself away from the things that were actually making me happy. Cause there were things in my life, like playing drums that I was really passionate about. Um, like I was really passionate about like sports and stuff like that, but it was just like, I was choosing the things that gave me that quick high, like the quick instant fulfillment. Yeah. Instant, like, you know, like Instagram or whatever, like mm-hmm. it's just like a quick f- fill of whatever. And then it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like a lot of our generation is that it's just like, I want something mm-hmm. now and I want it to make me feel good right now. And I don't care about what the future looks like. And I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of my problem was I didn't really care about what, my future was going to look like or what I was going to do. It was just me kind of living for the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody kind of goes through that at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Like how, how, what, like, what have, what else have you like kind of learned from that experience of just, you know, growing up through like college? Like what would you tell someone who's like maybe just getting into that age where they're kind of getting invited to go out and, party and have um like drinks and and alcohol like you know or 
you know, well, drinks and alcohol, drinks and yeah. like smoking and, and just like that whole scene, you know? Um, I definitely, it's not, it's not the most popular opinion and I don't think this is the most best advice I could give anybody, but I, I believe this and I think, um, you ha- you kind of have to experience life for yourself. Mm-hmm. So basically I think you should just do whatever you feel like is right at the time. Mm-hmm. And then if that's not the right choice, then you learn from it. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't get caught up in this certain... Obviously, there's a line, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if someone offers you heroin, mm-hmm. uh, don't do heroin, you know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. if someone... Like, if you're, you know, 19 or whatever, and someone offers you a couple drinks, like, and you feel like that's what's up to you, try it. But don't don't be irresponsible you know what i mean mm-hmm. like at least at least learn from that you know what i mean yeah that's like i think every experience you have is is something that you can learn from and build off of mm-hmm. because if i wouldn't have experienced the things that i've experienced in my life i wouldn't be where i am today I, I feel the same way about everybody because mm-hmm. you need to learn from those horrible experiences to learn what is great you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So would you say, like, you know, I feel like you everything in moderation and, you know, some people have uh, a problem with it. It becomes it becomes a problem right. like me. You know, I'm not saying what's right or wrong. You know, sometimes you just got to like experience mm-hmm. in life and, you know, you know, get put yourself in a dark place so you can get out of it. You know, I've. I feel like I've hopefully I've already hit rock bottom, but you know. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I don't want to. I don't want to go back down anymore. You know. But and I don't know if like what I was. What, you know, I think there's like a lot of a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think, you know, socializing and there's nothing wrong with with that. Right. 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 So do you have some other like obstacles that maybe struggles that that you've overcome or was that like ocean city and kind of that whole um hole that was like missing in you do you or that hole you had from just partying that empty feeling um that was there anything else like i've always i always feel like i've struggled with like some social anxiety Mm -hmm. um and i feel like now it's like so god has been challenging me a lot because he like i've been it's it's been put on my heart to like preach and like tell people about Jesus like publicly, mm. and I've never been a public speaker. I've always hated it. In fact, in when I was in college, I would like have a, have a couple drinks before I would go like do a speech class or something like that, to where it's like I'm just so like I've always been uncomfortable in front of groups of people, mm. even like in high school and middle school and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, like, I was uh, going back to just walk into class, like, I would feel like people were, like, looking at me and stuff mm-hmm. like that, just in a weird way. So that's been, like, a main struggle for me is just being in public and being a voice to people. Mm-hmm. And I think over, like, getting through that and just stepping out of my comfort zone has showed me that just speaking out and telling my story will, at some point, It'll it will res- resonate with one person or two people mm-hmm. or whoever, and it's it's been really helpful to know that. And just like speaking more recently, um, 
I was at a, a wedding more recently with a, it was a f- person I, that I don't really know too well and their whole family and the other, the groom's family, like I didn't know any, anybody. And I was just so overwhelmed by the fact that I was there with no one that I knew. And I was, just, I just felt so isolated in a, in a room full of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what the song is. I think it's like a panic at the disco song where he's like, do you ever feel alone in a room full of people or something like that? Mm-hmm. And that's just how I felt, you know, and it's like, it's like, oh, I feel like, ah, I don't know, something like is just creeping up. Mm. And I, and it's been a long time since I've had that feeling. And it's just like crazy to think that it's just, it's just like, one, yeah, that's, that's probably one mm. of my other main struggles that I've had. So was that something that developed with getting into like adulthood or something like it was in high school and college? And yeah. Any sort of event where there's like a lot of people and then. You know, what What was it? How did you overcome that? Um, I feel like it's a thing that I've always had that I never really realized until I was an adult, mm-hmm. more or less. But, like, when I was in, like, high school and stuff, like, playing drums, I never wanted to play in front of people. And it's just because I, I told myself it was just because I'm not, like, good enough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To to show people my, my talents or whatever. But I think right. getting, a, <clears throat> the way I got over it was just figure, like, just realizing that, like, me stepping out of my comfort zone is going to help somebody else step out of their comfort mm. zone at some point. Yes. Because it's like just being vulnerable and showing people that it's okay to be vulnerable is so important, mm-hmm. especially in our generation because a lot of people won't sh- like won't be vulnerable because they think mm. like it'll literally break them down, you know what I mean? So yeah. even just like somebody seeing this podcast, mm-hmm. it'll like they'll they can relate and and be like wow i feel like that too and it makes them feel Mm -hmm. like bigger than their Mm -hmm. anxieties or bigger than their struggles you know what i mean yeah and you're not alone i feel the same way with like this totally getting videoed and stuff is like way out of my comfort zone but i realized like when i started this like that um you know i just started this fire inside of me Mm -hmm. um yours is like playing the drums mine is like doing this podcast where um, it's not that I want people to hear this podcast. It's that I need them. They need to hear yeah. what we, what everyone has to say. They need to hear what people are going through, and um, because we're all in like we're all in this together. It sounds crazy and corny or cheesy, yeah. whatever. But um, I really believe that like we're like a collective and a community. You have to find your community and people that are, you know, the five. You're only as good as the five people that are closest to you, and um, it just, uh, you know, and I I feel like that's helped me too a lot going outside of my comfort zone, just because I know this will help at least one Mm -hmm. person, one thing that we can um, teach people in this podcast. Yeah, Um, I always feel like it's um, it's more or less about the one than it mm -hmm. is the the whole. Right. So like, if you can reach one person, that's their entire world you know what i mean mm-hmm. but if you're trying to reach like 100 million people it's mm-hmm. probably not going to work out so well but if you're just being vulnerable and showing yourself in a real way that's like transparent like someone will resonate with that and it might be one person it might be 50 people mm-hmm. but it's it's just you got to be vulnerable and show people that it's okay to be vulnerable mm-hmm. awesome um yeah and i feel like that like one statement can like change someone's in, entire world. Um, so how do you feel um, 
like health wise right now like do you feel pretty healthy um i feel i wouldn't say i feel unhealthy i don't think i've ever felt unhealthy but i also don't think i have a real reference for what unhealthy feels like if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because i've always had a high metal high metabolism on skin and bone always so Mm-hmm. But I do think that my diet is pretty unhealthy because I, I eat a lot of sugar. Um, I pretty much eat whatever I want to. I definitely feel like I'm more healthy now than I was in high school. I used to eat fast food like every single day. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely gaining weight because my wife is pregnant and we eat a lot all the <laughs> time. Um, but that's normal. That's, like... that's no- pretty normal, I think, for mm-hmm. husbands to gain weight with pregnancy, but... Is that one of the biggest things that's changed, like, just the amount of groceries, or, I mean, probably a, a lot um, of stuff, but... There's a lot of... Yeah, I mean, everything's been changing, but... <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I have... So, I have, like, psoriasis problem. I have a psoriasis problem, which is, like, a skin thing. Mm. Uh, so, I have to take medication for that, and I haven't been on top of it, so I feel like that's kind of a anxiety that I have, too. It's just, like, I'll see, like, one one little spot, and get freaked out about it and <clears throat> go ahead because I have to take Humira shots which are like a it's like an injection hmm. and that's just like it's it's little thing but it's like a, it's kind of a big thing because in high school it was like a huge thing because it was like my face was all like scabby and stuff like that oh wow so it like it was like a huge deal for me back then but it's, it's not a thing anymore so much but kind of grow out of it is that like some sort of gen- well I, gen- I, did, I wasn't gen- medicated back in like it flared up in high school Mm. And, um, I didn't have medication for it at the time. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, but that's not awesome, but. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's great that I don't, uh, like, I'm not so covered what, in scabs anymore, at least, anyways. Yeah, what is that exactly? And, and uh, you know, is there, is there, like, a natural cure for that at all? Or? Um, I'm not really sure what, what the, what the natural cure would be, but, so, so. I have a specific kind of psoriasis. It's called guttate. It's like G-U-T-A-T-E psoriasis, mm-hmm. um, which is basically like quarter-sized scabs covering your whole body, which is disgusting, and you flake everywhere, and I have this, like, there's this T-spot right here. Mm. Like, I don't know if there's this whole area right here, which turns real red and scabby. So I get that, and it's also, um, it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, arthritis. Mm-hmm. So like, my dad has arthritis and psoriasis, and I, it's like a, um, th- there's a word, I can't think of the word, it's like, family based. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the word, it's a simple word. Just genetic. Genetic, yeah, genetic, it's yeah, a yeah. genetic thing. Mm. So, yeah, but I was, um, I What's was, like the extreme, like if it got like so bad, what could happen to you? Uh, um, so basically you just, your whole body's covered in scabs. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like bad. Mm. Now does that like, does that like, is it like cancerous or? Um, it can be. It's mm. like, it's like basically kind of like a lower form of like skin. So what it is, it's like your skin cells produce heavily, like more than they should. Mm. So it's kind of, That's I guess a, it, it is, is kind of kinda like, like cancerous. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I have a medication called Humira, which is great, and it's helped me a lot. But I don't take it regularly, which is probably not good for my system. And it's Humira is 
bad for your liver anyways, so mm-hmm. my liver's probably gonna be shot by the time I'm like 60, so that's cool. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah, have, um, uh, so what else gives you, like, inner joy and, and peace? Mm. So I find a lot of joy just from um, talking to people, I guess. Um, like I said, I have, like, social anxiety. So it's hard for me to, like, go out of my way to talk to somebody. But once I make that connection initially, like, mm. that's really fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, meeting somebody new and, like, connecting with them and, like, mm-hmm. becoming friends with them is, like, huge. It's, like, it's one of the big, it's definitely one of my most fulfilling things in my life. Mm-hmm. But I also find fulfillment from just, like, I play drums, like, weekly at, at church and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Uh, yeah, I just actually was um, reading this book, and they talk about kind of, like, values and interests and activities. Like, um, so, you know, what what would you say some of your values are when you say values do you mean like in other people or in myself or I guess in yourself um so what I value in myself would be probably reliability trustworthiness um which I feel like things that are really easy to do but it's also really easy to kind of like let slip every once in a while Mm -hmm. because I find myself like just not answering texts a lot, you know what I mean? Which mm. is something so simple that I can just, like, answer it. But, like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm ch- I'm doing my own thing right now. Like, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. bother. <clears throat> um, I've actually read, maybe there's something where, like, you just, it's, like, in your DNA to, like, uh, I, I feel the same way sometimes. Like, I might, like, think, I think in my mind that I've, like, somehow have, like, mind control over my phone that I've sent something to someone but then some people might, like, avoid their phone because, like, whatever signal it's giving off is, like, negative to yeah. you, possibly. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's more or less just me pushing people away. Mm-hmm. Because I want to kind of, like, be alone. Like, I want to like, isolate myself, whether I know it or not. Mm. So, like, someone will text me and try to, like, you know, make plans or whatever. and Or even, even my mom will text me and tell me something, like, just try to talk and I'll be like I'm just not like in the mood to answer or like talk to anybody or mm-hmm. you know I'm doing I'm like at the grocery store or whatever so I'm not gonna like answer but and then I never end up texting them back yeah this this is all like in the the book I'm reading too which is so weird that we're talking about this right now is like how just in general people are getting more isolated in their phones and stuff um you know we're in that uh look at me economy where it's like about the likes and follows here i am on the the live video look at me look at me but um no like you know it's it's just uh we're not um connecting deeply enough we're only getting at like that surface enough to get the likes and stuff Mm -hmm. and then um but what's really we're getting that dopamine release from that notification of um having the likes and stuff but you know what what we would really get the dopamine release from 
Um, you know, I'm a big like gym workout advocate, but I think we also need to like work out our mind. Like, right. and I think if we don't get away from this, uh, get out of our phones more too, that like some bad, just, we're gonna like be isolated and people need each other. Yeah. Like it's in our DNA. Like, like, like just like, we don't, we don't touch each other enough. Mm-hmm. And like that, like that signals something to your brain. You feel that? Yeah, that's and, like a, it's a- that's a that does something like, for real yeah yeah <laughs> like it really does something and like people look at it like maybe that's like sexual and stuff but so many things where like you just gotta um you know it's so addicting and and like the same like these phones are what's going on in like vegas at casinos like these people who right. are creating like the um apps for our phones get their ideas from like this these casinos in Vegas and or not Vegas any casino but like it's like that how do we get people to get addicted and look at our product and and keep looking and uh you know it's it's actually um pretty scary but I think it can be used in a lot of uh positive ways but what's I mean I think like social media is not totally bad like we can spread positive messages through it and it's technology is is great and all but um, you know, how do we like maybe give ourselves the downtime and what, what do you, what's your opinion on it? Um, I think everything is great in moderation. Like I think we kind of hit on this earlier. So social media is, is great if you're using it for like a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you are, if you're promoting like a, like your podcast or if you're promoting, you know, your band or whatever like that's great and it's it's easy to use and, and it's a good way to get um people to to see your product basically um mm-hmm. but for me i find myself a lot i don't i don't really post so much as i do consume and i think a huge part of the the problem with instagram and social media and stuff like that is the consumption because you're consuming constantly you're consuming um you you basically you see people have these certain things and you're like I like that thing, and I wish I had that so I I want to see more of that stuff you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna consume all the stuff that I don't have and I I'm gonna want it mm-hmm. and it's gonna make me feel bad about myself because I don't have this certain you know persona on Instagram or I don't have this certain amount of followers or I don't have this many friends on Facebook or like. I don't know. Just it's just like it. It's it's good if you use it right, mm-hmm. but I don't think we really know how to use it right because social media is pretty new. If you think about it, like mm-hmm. what was the first big social media like MySpace, I guess, mm-hmm. which was yeah. what like you know ten years ago at the earliest. Mm-hmm. So it's like pretty new, and we don't like know because there's there are social media celebrities who are our age. And we don't have, like, research to back up, like, what that does to your brain. You know what I mean? Like, um, do you know Chris D'Elia? Yeah, Canadian? yeah. Do you listen to his podcast? Oh, yeah, he's really funny. Oh, <laughs> he's great. I love his podcast. Me and uh, me and Nick listen to him all the time. But uh, he did this bit on, um, like, social media celebrities and how it's, like, a new... It's, like, a whole new per- type of person because they make, they make, like, their life upon their persona on the internet as opposed mm. to like how they are in real life. Mm. So I feel like you can kind of separate yourself from my social media presence to my like real life presence. Cause you can be like the most 
amazing, like, great, appealing person on social media and be, like, totally different in real life. Hmm. Did he, like, give, like, an example of some of someone in particular or, like, um... Uh, he kind of did. It was more or less, like, a girl who was, like, provocative on social media. I could see that, like, people uh, making their life seem like, oh, my life is so great. And, like, you always focus on the good stuff. Right. But, like, no one wants to see all the all the junk that's, like, behind exactly, the scenes. Exactly, yeah. Because, like, when you really connect with people, like, every time you leave something with, with someone else at every conversation. So, you know, we're with this podcast, like it is something to know that like some of it, you, you get some of the good stuff, but you also, um, it's, it's sort of a form of, of like therapy and, uh, not therapy, but you know, people are connecting to you in like a little bit deeper way than, than just seeing just straight positive stuff that's out there. I mean, it's a, it's real, like it's, it's a, we're just talking about real real life here you know yeah i agree like like you were saying it's like um so basically me and you could have just taken like a cool selfie at like i don't know the downtown like we could have went to a bar somewhere and got like a cool selfie on the sidewalk and posted it and it would have been cool or we could do this say this podcast for instance and actually open up to people publicly and Mm -hmm. this is going to be posted so it's going to be on there forever so yeah. it, it it's more it's more than just a picture of me and your face together. It's it's literally us opening up to anyone who has, you know, the ability to hear it or wants to hear it. It's literally opening like yourself up to just to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a surface level kind of thing. Like you said, it's like deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important <clears throat> especially for our like the age of social media where it's like I see it I, I see it I like it no it's like you see it and you kind of understand where we're coming from and just getting more background and seeing why we're even doing it in the first place it's awesome I, lo- I like how you put that <clears throat> um so uh what other what do you feel like would be some ways that has like helped you improve your like mind, body and spirit. Um definitely so I'm a Christian, I follow I follow Jesus Christ. So now have you always like um like you you were you raised in church and then kind of drifted away for a bit or or never and then and then were like So 100%. I was I was raised in a Lutheran church. So I kind of had like knowledge of like stuff mm-hmm. but I never had like I never really connected mm-hmm. and it was always just more of a thing that I had to do so it pushed me away <clears throat> and then um like I never wanted to go back I was never planning on like I claimed to be atheist or whatever I claimed to just like not believe but um deep down I feel like I always kind of did you know what I mean like I believed in the higher power whatever that looked like mm-hmm. but um like having and like a real experience with like Jesus at Amplify, um, Mm -hmm. definitely, um, like showed it, like it was like a whole new experience Mm -hmm. as to like 
just some religion, you know what I mean? It was like a real relationship with God. So definitely, um, if you can, if you, so I don't want to make it just like a, like a Christian thing because I know there are other religions and people do follow other gods and stuff like that. So no, definitely just, just having like a, a spiritual like belief is important mm. in everybody. Even, you know, it doesn't matter what it is because it's, it's your belief and it's just something more than yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. So it sound sounds like to me, um, you know, you just went to maybe the wrong, it took you a while to find like the right, the right place that brought the message across to you in the right, right. way where, um, so many things messed up and, and you see like some of these like organized places, um, and people you keep seeing like, especially, I mean, nothing, they, maybe there's, I know there's a lot of good Catholics out there, mm-hmm. but I put the spotlight on the Catholics. Like there's always some really, the most messed up stuff has always happened yeah. there. And people are like, I don't want anything to do with any of that. Um, but you know, and, and that's what kind of, I, I, uh, love Amplify Church too. And, uh, one thing I was from a long time was, kind of doing my own own free will and um you know i'm 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 not here to like push push the bible down anyone's uh throat or anything and uh i love everyone um and just uh but the i really understood it in the in the right way that i'm not like i didn't feel like i had to step on eggshells and walk walk a certain way like no i'm still this i still like make a ton of mistakes. I made yeah, a ton of mistakes absolutely. today. I'll make a ton of mistakes tomorrow. No one's perfect. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's nice when you, when you have some sort of, um, faith in something, right, in yeah. anything, right? Yeah. I also think a lot of the, like the, the fulfillment in the belief is, it's the people who you get put around mm-hmm. when you are in that when that situation because you can go like I don't want like like you said earlier I don't want to like step on any toes or anything but like you can go to like a a certain church and just be kind of rejected immediately like mm-hmm. so if you look different or if your sexual orientation is different than the way that they want the way that they believe is correct um mm-hmm. you can be rejected and it can hurt you like like mentally spiritually and emotionally like that can hurt you and they can ruin like your experience for, you know, how, however long. Mm-hmm. But, um, if you, if you put yourself around the right kind of people who believe in this, so basically Jesus stood for love and he, he loves everybody. So if you get, if you get put around a, a bunch of people who believe that love is the answer to life and they love you for who you are and it doesn't matter what you look like or the choices you make or what you do on a Saturday night or anything like that. It's just like, you're here, so I love you and I'm glad that you're here and I can learn from you as the same you can learn from me. And that's mm-hmm. the most important thing to me is just the people that I get put around and just like the imprint that people have put on me and the imprint that I get to put on them in return. Mm. I think that's more important than like anything is relationship with people and relationship with God, obviously too, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And, um, 
yeah, definitely, definitely like finding the, the right, um, community. Um, so what are some of your goals, uh, for the, the future? My goals, um, like to talk about goals. Goals are like, it's a good, that's a good thing. A lot of things. I think one of my one of my failures as a person is not thinking about goals so much because <laughs> I don't really think about the future a whole lot. Definitely one of my goals is to just be the best father I can for my, my daughter. Um, I also mm-hmm. want to have more kids in the future. You know, my ideal time for another kid would be like two years, I'd say, probably. So I want to have more kids, goals. Um, just become a better husband because I'm still young I'm 22 so there's things that I want to do that I that are more for me you know what I mean than family oriented stuff mm. so I want to become a better husband just by you know loving my my wife more just um and uh goals is just like meeting more people connecting with more people uh just really getting to know more people I guess Mm. Like, cause I've known you for a couple of years now and I'd say tonight we've got to know each other more than ever before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like really fulfilling for me. Uh, yeah. And, and sometimes like the, the only way to do it is to like put the pressure on, right. it's put, like, this, it's uncomfortable. put the cell phone phones aside. Right. And, but you know, no one's actually going to voluntarily do that unless we hit the record button right, yeah. and we get to work and that's yeah. another way. And I get to have this. For my own self, no, not for my own selfish <laughs> desire, but I get, it's like a photo, I always say this, it's like a photo and, uh, or a video, having audio and, and video is like a great, great memory and stuff, because, right. like, I always think time has been one of those things where, like, like, life is short, and, like, there's, you think, like, one second, that's a short amount of time, mm-hmm. like, one year seems like a lot, but when I look back on the last year, it was like a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's going to be a time where like, I'm going to look back and like 10 years is going to feel like a second and 20 years. I mean, a lot happened, but I don't know. I don't want to get too crazy. Now I'm freaking out. That's real deep. That's real (laughs) deep. But I agree. I think, um, I think the older you get, the, 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 the faster time goes. Mm -hmm. So like when you're, when you're six years old, like one year is like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But when you're 20 years old, one year is like, what happened? Mm-hmm. One semester is like, what what happened? You know what I mean? It's like, this this pregnancy for my wife has been like, okay, we found out we were pregnant. And then like, all of a sudden, it's like a couple months away from this mm-hmm. person being born. And like it, that's I think that's just like a natural thing for mm-hmm. humans yeah. to, to deal with is just like the process of time. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. And I'm just now hitting like the very tip of the tip of the iceberg of that where I feel like being, that's one of my goals is being present and, um, you know, just, you know, enjoying every moment yeah. while it's happening, not worrying about the past, getting, letting the past go, absolutely, not thinking about the future and just enjoying the journey, enjoying the process. It's such a... A theme that keeps repeating itself to me and maybe uh, people have always heard that a thousand times but it's like you can't just hear that once you need to hear that a lot I think yeah. um, t- for it to really like get in and 
um, and just be a part of, of your life because, you know, it's like a muscle. You have to just keep working right. it and working it. It's like um, muscle memory. It's like you do the same thing every day and it's like eventually it's going to come second nature. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to like really live, like you got to really like live in the moment mm-hmm. t- for it to actually become part of who you are. Definitely. And it's hard. It's it's like you said, it's like uncomfortable to do. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so important for your like mental and your physical and your emotional health to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's easy to say stuff like that too, but it's not easy to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Um, so, what are some habits that you feel like are important to just keeping like a high like capac like capacity to just do the things you like and um, definitely. A habit, a good habits would be, um, for me it, anyways, is like being in public and just going out and talking to people, whether I know them or hanging out with friends or not, not even so much hanging out with the same friends, but like hanging out with like good chunk of people that I know just going like, for instance, I go to coffee shops and, mm. or one, basically one specifically coffee shop and, and talk to people that I may or may not know, um, Another habit would be like just like I feel like being uncomfortable is kind of a good habit, mm-hmm. but in in like a healthy way. Mm. So like stepping out of your comfort zone in a way that is beneficial is so important. Not like, do you think like hanging yourself on fish hooks would be a healthy? Habit? I mean, yeah, like technically that would that- be uncomfortable, but like. <laughs> You probably shouldn't do that. Like, I could hang myself upside down from my from my ankles. Like, that would be really uncomfortable. But, like, it's probably not going to be so much beneficial to me. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. No, no I know what you're saying. Like, um, I, it's like uh, some, peop- some people I've been listening to, some very, uh, a lot of these, especially David Goggins, like, he's made a book recently, and, like, he's been like an inspiration but he's like some retired navy seal that's done like a lot and just like pushing your mind to um you know seek out discomfort like if you're not yeah. if you're if you're comfortable like you're not happy like like you're like what we're saying like pain is like the um kind of like the topic of of life and um um struggle and just like maybe you know, I think putting sometimes I've been dipping myself in like cold water, and I I felt like yeah I saw I the video. Ha- I feel happier after. I feel like it's sharpening my sword, and I I just have always, um, even before like David Gong, I just like beating the crap out of myself. Like whether it's skateboarding, snowboarding, I've always just had this natural thing to like be f- be fearless. It's like pushing yourself, yeah. Um, you got to push yourself to the edge. Yeah, and it does it does get harder, but I still I think now more than ever I want to just even get more uncomfortable in every yeah every day like there there's really like people always talk about like rest days and stuff like there shouldn't be uh, a rest I don't want to take a rest day and maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and be like you know maybe I'll take like some <laughs> rest or I won't go to the the gym today but like just go and do something like just do do something every day like our bodies are meant to move you know that's just uh and getting uncomfortable like 
is as just the just the key finding yeah. finding uh, warmth in the cold and definitely I could have a a lot yeah. of a lot we, of quotes. we kind of we kind of talked about this earlier before we started podcasting, but um, we talked kind of talked about the history of humanity as a whole as opposed to the past like industrialization kind of stuff, and um, we had said how like before we had like um, climate control and stuff like that where it's like you were pretty much always uncomfortable. So we, you were pretty much always growing, you know, physically or or mentally or spiritually, as opposed to now where it's like, okay, I can kind of set my life in a certain way and be comfortable always. Mm-hmm. And I think it is, it like, me, not so much physically, I don't really physically push myself so much anymore because I'm kind of lazy. And I, I used to do sports like every single day in high school, but mm-hmm. I don't anymore because I wore myself out with it. <laughs> and I, I kind of tore my ICL once, but and had surgery and stuff. But um, so I don't. I'm not really like in the gym or anything. Like I don't like push myself physically, mm. but I do try to push myself kind of more like mentally or socially. For example, um, mm. I've been trying to like I'm. I've never been a big reader of books or anything like that. But I try to read books more. Mm. And. I feel like when I was in high school and stuff, it was just, like, more of a... I was there because I felt like I had to be there. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, really into it. But now it's, like, I find things that I'm really interested in, and I'll kind of invest in that, and I'll learn about it. Like, and just kind of get more in-depth in with the uh, the whole experience of what it is to, like, learn as opposed to just doing it as, like, a obligation i guess is the good word to put there but mm. that's awesome um so what other besides like people and un- uncomfortable situations reading books what other ways can people like maybe push themselves mentally do you think um definitely challenging yourself like if you're really into math, for example, I guess it's kind of, I don't know why I'm going here, but like, <laughs> if you're into math, like, continuing your, your experience with, like, the math equations, or if, if you're really into, say, theater, this is mm-hmm. kind of a, like, math and theater kind of removed from each other. If you're really into theater, challenge yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, go for that audition that you never thought you could get. Right and learn from the rejection. If you get a rejection, or if you get into it, then even even better. You get to learn from that experience of the the play and the like the auditions and all that kind of. I don't. I have no idea what goes into theater auditions and stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. if you're into, let's say, my wife's really into makeup. Right, she does makeup for herself mainly. She decided that she was gonna take a step. She was going to take one more step and do it for other people. And mm-hmm. she was going to, you know, do it for weddings mm-hmm. and do it for, like, parties and stuff like that. And that's, like, that's like taking it another step further. And mm-hmm. I think always taking one more step is mm-hmm. important into just growing as a, mm-hmm. pers- like as, as a person in whole. Just take one more step. Mm-hmm. Like, because you can be, like, me and you both, we used to skate a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, say you could kickflip, you know, a four set. Try mm-hmm. like you try f- tray flipping it. You probably you might break your leg. You know you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But also you could land it too. Like it's like just going for it. I feel like going for it 
Yeah. You you could either fail and you could learn from it, or you could, you know, succeed and you could and you're still gonna learn from it. Either way, you're learning from your experience. Mm-hmm. And I think experience is kind of like the key word for this this entire podcast because mm. it's everything is an experience. Mm-hmm. You can learn from it either way. And your passion too. Yep. You know, following following your passion, whatever it is. So the podcast this cuts off on my phone at like an hour.